Hey everybody, welcome. If you notice today, there's no intro for the podcast, and that's because we've actually changed the podcast from Outspoken Nutrition to the Shift Health Coach podcast, and I haven't recorded a new intro yet. So it's going to take me a next week or two to get you a new intro. So in the meantime, we're going directly to the episode. Today, we're talking about the top five tips for better sleep. A lot of the information out there, we're going to go off the top five list from the CDC. And the problem is, is that the information out there is really designed for the nine to five workforce. And as we're going to go through this, we're going to see how our ship workers can implement it for them. Now, if you're listening to this podcast like you normally do, one thing you don't might not know that's happening today is I actually have now put out a video. So I'm going to do try doing some of my podcasts with videos. You can find them over on YouTube. There'll be um, a link in the show notes. I don't have 100 subscribers yet, so I don't have a, a personalized channel name. So use the link in the show notes. And for any of you that are listening, that you like, keep listening on your podcast player, we're going to still be there, but we're adding the video portion. So if you want to see me recording this, you can totally do that. So let's get started. But before we get started and going into that top five, first, I want to talk about the difference between sleep pressure and circadian rhythm and really what the two kind of are. So the first thing is when we talk about sleep pressure, this kind of builds up after, once you wake up and it goes throughout the day and it helps you at when you're about to go to sleep, it helps you be tired. So essentially sleep pressure is building pressure to go to sleep. Now the circadian rhythm, as many of you already know, that's our 24 hour master clock. And it's really controlled a lot by the light outside, hormones and some other things, but the two work together. Sleep pressure makes us get tired and the circadian rhythm tells us it's bedtime. So really we want to have both good sleep pressure and good circadian rhythm. Now things can affect sleep pressure the same way as things can affect our circadian rhythm. And that's how we're going to talk today a little bit on, you know, if you're working, working a second, third, or even a rotating ship, how you can still implement these top five tips to help you get better sleep. So the first tip we have is being consistent. You know, this is really big when it talks about, you know, getting that good quality sleep. The number one tip is to be consistent. But if you're working a rotating shift, your consistency is that there is no consistency. So how do we take that top tip of being consistent and implement it into something that is feasible for a shift worker? Well, I like to say, well, we might not be able to be consistent every night on how we're going to bed, especially if you're working a two, two, three shift, we can at least be consistent in our bedtime routine. While that doesn't really fix the whole consistency, at least gives us some consistency to let our body know, hey, it's time for sleep. Now, those of you that do work a second or third shift statically, where you're not really changing, one of the biggest things for you guys or ladies is keeping that consistency as close as possible when it comes to the weekend. A lot of times during the weekdays or during working days and non-working days, you know, during working days, we know we have to be on a specific sleep schedule, but non-working days, we want to go to soccer games with our kids or parties with friends and that throws off our sleep cycle. It doesn't really help your sleep if we're kind of throwing it from a nighttime wake schedule and then doing a nighttime sleep schedule during the weekend. That's It's very confusing for our circadian rhythm because remember, that's a 24-hour master clock. So you keep adjusting your clocks every five days. 
So we really want to try to find some consistency. Now, I do know life gets in the way and we have kids soccer games and friends parties to go to. And not all the time does that jive with our sleep schedule. And that's where we really want to keep it as close as possible. So if you know that you work the third shift and you usually go to bed at uh, 8 a.m. and you don't wake up until maybe 4 p.m. We'll try to keep that as close to possible. You know, if you have a party that someone's starting at two o'clock, maybe we go to the party a little bit later so you can get in your proper sleep because shifting that sleep schedule around is going to not help your circadian rhythm. It's going to throw off your sleep pressure. The next few days trying to get back into things, it's not going to be real consistent. So the more we can be consistent, the better. And, you know, a lot of times I have to say, we can only control what we can control. If this is your life schedule, there are going to have to be some kind of things that we're just going to have to either make sacrifices on either end for. The next thing we have is a quiet, dark, cool bedroom. And this could be wherever you are sleeping. I know some of the shift workers I work with, they actually can't sleep in their bedroom because of spouses' sleep schedules and it messes them up. So wherever you're sleeping, we want to keep it quiet, dark, and cool. So the darkness is really pretty easy. We can use um, room blackening shades. I like the idea somebody was telling me that they uh, Velcro they have a Velcro strip on the side of their wall and they actually Velcro their curtains to the wall so it doesn't pull back. So it keeps the room dark. The coolness, you know, if you can lower the temperature in the house, I do know for those of us have spouses or partners that work from home and you might be on a night shift and they're on a day shift, they might not want necessarily want to be colder during the day, but that mean, might mean sleeping in a different room, putting in an air conditioner. They make those um, bed cool um, air conditionings that like go right into your sheets. That's an idea. So we really want to get creative on how we can keep our sleeping area cool without affecting the lives of everybody else living around us. But knowing that keeping that quiet, dark, cool sleeping area is really important. And, you know, quiet, obviously we can't control the neighbor mowing the lawn and things like that, but maybe adding in a white noise or some kind of background, a fan, any kind of consistent noise to kind of drown out the outside. I've actually known people that have taken like the um, speak, uh, the sound tiles and put them on their windows when they sleep to keep it quieter. If you live in a really bad, uh, a really uh, noisy area, so that can be helpful. And now when we talk about dark, we want to go back to circadian rhythm a little bit. You know, our body's circadian rhythm is very highly linked to light. So the more exposure we have to daylight, that is going to tell us to wake up. The less exposure we have to daylight, it's going to tell us it's time to sleep. And then we have sleep pressure controlling that as well. One of the issues is a lot of our third shift workers, they're going to sleep when it's very light outside, much like it is right now. And that can be difficult. So, you know, things that we could look at, we talked about the room darkening shades. I love blue light blockers. And I like blue light blockers. If you ever um, listen to a podcast I did probably a year and a half ago, and I'll put the links in this um, in this podcast, but we actually talked about blue light blockers. And when I originally did the research, I thought blue light blockers was a total joke. I thought it was a hoax. I thought it was somebody trying to make money off of people needing sleep. And when I started really looking into and doing the research, the research is actually really 
you know, it's consistent. It's showing good things. Um, it's showing benefits to our sleep. And, and actually I all, so three people in my family have glasses, each one of their glasses. I've actually put the blue light on. And for me and my other daughter who don't wear glasses, I actually have a pair of blue light glasses. Actually, are they right here? Hold on, I'll show you. I have a pair of blue light glasses that when I work on the computer a lot, I'll put on. So they do make a difference, especially keeping that blue light. And that blue light is the light that really will directly affect your your sleep, your circadian rhythm. So it's really important. Now, mind you, the lens colors matter. So if you saw mine, mine are just clear. Um, there's like this slight yellow tint to them. They're going to block the least amount of blue light. The yellow glasses will block the mid-range of blue light. The red glasses block all blue light. I think it's like 99% blocked of blue light. You cannot drive with red glasses. So you can drive with the yellow glasses. So if you're getting out of work and let's say it's 7 a.m. and it's light outside and you want to avoid the light, you can wear the yellow glasses. And then once you get home, you can put a pair of red glasses on and, and do things. But we really want to kind of make sure we're blocking our vision from that light. Now we can also use that for our benefit when we wake up. So because our circadian rhythm is run by light, we can use a daylight lamp. Um, there's daylight alarm clocks that we can use to actually wake up to, it would be fake daylight, faux, faux light, if you would. Um, but we can wake up to that. And actually they've shown that 30 minutes of daylight actually helps to reset our circadian rhythm. I've actually been doing something even for myself. A lot of times I get up, it's dark out. So a lot of times once the sun starts coming up, I actually go outside and take my dog outside and we play around. But I really am focusing on getting that 30 minutes of daylight into my eyes to help that circadian rhythm. It's just a good habit to get into. So again, if you're working second or third shift, you want to be mindful of the light using the techniques of blue light glasses or room darkening shades. I actually have many of my uh, shift workers that actually tell me they use two levels of room darkening shades because sometimes it's not enough. They have the wraparound poles. You know, you could do the Velcro on the side of the walls. Anything to keep it closed, pins to keep them closed, anything because the littlest bit of light will affect us. The next thing we want to be mindful of is no big meals or caffeine before bed. Now, this one's a little bit, um, doesn't give us much information, it just says before bed. So I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into that. You have to be mindful that caffeine has a half-life of four to six hours, meaning you can have caffeine six hours before bed, and it still can be affecting your sleep at night. Now, caffeine is a little interesting because when we talk about sleep pressure, there is something called adenosine. It's a chemical within our body that actually builds the sleep pressure. Well, caffeine actually inhibits adenosine. So instead of our body building sleep pressure throughout the day as we're awake, caffeine actually stops it. It doesn't allow that pressure to build. So even though you might not be drinking caffeine six hours before bed, it can actually inhibit that adenosine. So that can be delaying your sleep pressure. So with caffeine, I really tell people, if you're going to drink caffeine when you first wake up, an hour or two, maybe even two and a half hours, fine. After that, after your wake up routine, I want to say, I don't want to say morning because some of us, you know, their morning is eight o'clock at night. Um, 
after that wake up routine you have, stop the caffeine. Now, if you find yourself, if you're a third shift worker or even a second shift worker, you get a slump like around 11 p.m. or maybe 2 a.m., look at doing something like a fruit juice. This way it'll give us the fructose, it'll give us the sugar energy, but not necessarily the caffeine energy that's going to affect our sleep pressure. So that actually came from um, Dr. Romy on an earlier episode about sleep. So we really kind of want to use all these different techniques to help us. You know, a lot of times when we're, work, we're working shift work, might not be perfect scenarios, but we could definitely stack the cards better in our behaviors. So the next thing that they talked about is regular exercise. And this is really important because the regular exercise also builds that sleep pressure as well. We want to make sure we're getting in movement. Now let's talk real quick about movement and exercise. So exercise is allowing our body, our heart rate to go up a little bit. It's getting that blood flow pumping and it's you know, getting all those good chemicals into our brains and the dopamine and all of that in. Movement is actually just making sure we're having, we're moving our legs every day. We're moving, we're not static. A lot of shift work, I know either you stand a lot on your feet or you might be walking a lot. So let's say for nurses, for example, you're moving a lot once you get off work or even before you go to work, the last thing you want to do is go to the gym and exercise. And I actually wouldn't recommend going to the gym before bed anyway, because it's only going to pump up your adrenaline, pump up your endorphins and release more cortisol, which if we're releasing cortisol, we're not releasing melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. And we're going to be awake a little bit longer. So you know, I say exercise is better in the middle of the day, the morning, but probably not if we're having sleep issues right before bed. But when we do stuff like that, we want to make sure. So let's go back to that example of the nurse. She gets off of work. She's tired. She's exhausted. She just walked 25,000 steps that day running between patients. Last thing you want to do is think about working out. And that's fine we can do some calming yoga, some stretches. You work those muscles all day running around and picking patients up and just being busy. So instead of doing more work, let's start stretching them out. Let's start mobilizing it. Let's start relaxing them. So things like yoga, even Pilates and things like that that aren't gonna raise our heart rate and pump up our adrenaline and endorphins and cortisol, but enough to kind of help relax us. You might actually find that sleep is a little bit better. So we really wanna be mindful of exercise. We wanna get regular exercise, but we wanna do it at the right time of the day. And a lot of times this might be, if you're a third shift worker and your kids are coming home from school and you're just waking up, maybe go outside and play some basketball with them, walk the dog, get that daylight in with your eyes. There is ways that we can stack those cards in our, uh, in our benefit. Now, the last thing I wanna talk about is going back to the light. You really need to be careful with electronics at night. So we talked about that room needing to be dark. Well, we know electronics emit a lot of blue light. So TVs, cell phones, we really want to be careful of them, if not avoid them at night. And I love the idea of going back and just reading a magazine and with a little clip light, you know, just make sure it's like a soft light and not that daylight or an LED. You want kind of the old school light. But reading things like that or even having, you know, sex with your partner and things like that, that can help 
kind of unwind and get us tired. So that's really what we're looking for. Now, there is a bigger list of sleep that's in the show notes. It actually comes from the American uh, the American Association of Sleep Science. So they have a larger list, but this is really just going off that CDC list of what it is, but it's really putting it in terms that shift workers feel that they could be supported in. They feel like they can make better sleep habits. They just, we just really need to look at it, not from a nine to five perspective, but maybe from a midnight to 8 a.m. perspective, right? It's looking at it in a different perspective and it's always about taking the advice and seeing how we can implement it into our daily living. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys watched the video. Um, I'm going to try to be doing more videos. It's a little weird with me doing videos. First of all, I'm talking to you and I'm looking right at myself and, you know, you have that whole woman self-conscious issue going on. And, you know, I'm not the kind of person to get ready and put makeup on during the day and stuff like that, especially when I record my podcast. So many times I'm recording my podcast, still in my pajamas, my hair is a mess, but sometimes that's when I have my best ideas. So we're going to try these videos out. I know some of the guests I have coming on, they're excited about having the video offered. So we're going to try putting them together, but you can find the podcast every week on where you typically listen to podcasts and I'll let you know when there's a video. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.